Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk number 589, recording live today, Wednesday, the 11th of September. Uh, in fact, if you've been searching for us, uh, I'd just like to apologise because YouTube ch decided to change the UI for the, the streaming now setup. And uh, so I've been chasing around the internet looking for the right URL to put in. So if you're watching this, then obviously I've done it right. If you're not, then I've done it wrong, but you'll be watching this not in real time because I'm recording this locally, so you will be able to actually watch it <laughs> if that makes sense. So I'm not I'm not making a lot of sense. I hate these th moments when you're just about to go live and everything you get a technical technological curveball. It's always a little bit distressing. Anyway, this is a music technology podcast, not a streaming podcast. Uh, we talk about synthesizers, we talk about music technology, we talk about software, music production, studio work, live production, everything around the kind of ecosystem of writing, creating, recording, and releasing music. Uh, of all kinds. So uh, I want to say uh, welcome to all our guests. Uh, hello to those that did find it into the chat room. Uh, we seem to have some people there and also in the IRC. The IRC I need to set up, so I will we'll quickly skip over that. But I want to say um, thank you to uh, Isotope. Isotope will, of course, be... Uh, um, Providing a prize, which will be, of course, uh, Isotope Neutron 3, which is the excellent mixing and mastering plugin. Uh, we will be able to uh, bring you information about that. It's roughly about halfway through the show. So sit back and enjoy the show. We have a full guest house this week. And, and uh, those of you who've been watching over the summer where we've had sort of slightly sort of slower news week, shall we say, will probably be uh, in shock like with the rest of us are because last week we had a whole bunch of stuff to uh, to look at and this week there's a ton more. In fact, last week I knew what was coming but I had to sign an NDA to film the Roland kit so that we could release it the day after. So it missed the show date by a day and uh, they went live at seven o'clock in the morning on UK time. So it was all a bit kind of, uh, it was all a bit late night and last minute. But anyway, let's get some guests on because because uh, you've heard enough of me. Um, we'll start with, let's say hello to a new guest who is Mr. Jem Godfrey. Jem Godfrey, Howdy. we haven't seen you for ages. In fact, we haven't seen you since your last studio. You've moved, uh, or at least moved rooms. I don't know if you moved house. Jem, uh, of course, music producer, live performer, uh, founder, member, and player in uh, Frost, the sort of progressive rock and rock act. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, actually. Um, it, the, the irony is this is actually, this is the studio after the studio. Oh, it's been that the long. After the studio I last came. Yeah, it's been, it's, yeah, because what happened was I moved into deep, the deepest, darkest sort of nowhere shire and my broadband was, was, a, was a, a heady and breathtaking uh, seven meg. So basically what happened was I couldn't, there was no live streaming at all. So I've since moved there. I've since sold that house and moved to sunny Tunbridge Wells where I've now got a much healthier 368. Ah, so I'm back. So you could actually. There's a joke, isn't there? The uh, the uh, I, I can't remember what it's the long running BBC radio show where people write in and complain, and it's it's usually. Uh, it's, uh, do you live near anywhere near Mrs. Trellis of Trumbridge Wells? I think it's. She's just uh, she's just over there. Yes, she is. I can see her. See her back garden. Excellent. That that is a joke that will not translate anywhere. It won't even translate uh, through age groups. So you're going to have to be a very specific age and of yeah. this country. So sorry about That's that, true. but you know it's my prerogative. <laughs> So, uh, Jen, what have you been up to? I mean, you look like you've been busy. I mean, you, everything's right out there up front. See, I can see you've got an emulator too, and that's your vintage rack. And you, what have you been doing? Oh. Yeah, I'm doing 80s. Aha, uh -huh, it's, it's still happening. I've got me. Uh... <laughs> Are you doing a Benny, Hill, a Benny Hill remix? I can do. 
I've got. Check this out. Straight out of the 80s. That is just totally brilliant. Ah, uh, I see the emulator. It's brilliant. It just goes to show that things aren't necessarily better in the 80s. Oh, yes. <laughs> right, but what have you been up to? Have you been doing? Uh, have you been kind of? Because when we first met you, you uh, you'd been doing uh, pop production and uh, session keys and composition. Um, what's 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 currently filling your work life? Uh, f- uh, Frost is is sort of back up and running again. We're doing two albums at the same time. We're doing albums four and five at the same time. So we're quite busy at the moment. We're about to go off. Uh, me and the guitarist are off to go into Cornwall to do a writing week in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm just sort of gearing up for that, and it's all systems go really. So yeah, just keeping myself uh, to myself and and working hard and carrying on really. Wow. Okay, that sounds like fun. So are you doing? Uh, are these are these two single? Are they? Are, they t- are you doing two albums at the same time? Are they, are they double album gatefolds, or are you going for the sort of traditional CD? It's just, you know, remember how like when, you know, when they did the, the Matrix two and three and Back to the Future two and three, they filmed them all at the same time. So I just thought I'd sort of because it's very difficult to get the musicians together at the same time. I thought we'd just kill two birds with one stone, just do the albums all at the same time. So. That's, That's a great idea. So, all right. Well, that sounds really good. Well, I'm sure people will be looking forward to that. I know Gaz uh, is a big fan of uh, that area of music. I don't know about Yoad. Or, well, let's go to Yoad. That's a, that was my link there. Well, that's brilliant. <laughs> and we've got Yoad Nevo seamless. here also. <laughs> yeah, seamless, almost. Uh, Yoad Nevo, here's, I, I think you must be in uh, in Tel Aviv, because I don't recognise that. In Tel Aviv room. at the moment, yeah. Um, Yoad, of course, mm-hmm. uh, mixer, producer, uh, waves developer. Uh, I would like to point out that we went to London a couple of weeks ago when we went up for the uh, Roland um, launch, which we'll get on to, uh, and we popped in to see Yoad in his new studio because he's, he's moving. And I have to say, it was really impressive and uh, I had a lovely time. And I have to say, I've been telling everybody how fabulous I thought your mixes sounded. And I don't know whether that... I'm sure it's your work, but it's also your fantastic monitoring environment. So... Uh, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. Well, they do translate quite well outside the studio as well. Always a bonus. <laughs> Which is what you want. <laughs> yeah. uh, but thank you. Yeah. No, it was, it was great seeing you. It yeah, was great it was great fun. Yeah. Uh, well, we've, that was our first yeah. in-real-life encounter, which is weird, isn't it? We have that thing where you've been talking to someone for several years over video conferencing and you've never actually met them. And it's, it's that kind of curious... There must be a word... Is there mm-hmm. a kind of... There must be a sort of phrase to describe that feeling. It's not like, it's like, like deja vu, but applied to that particular... A scenario. I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe, Gaz, you're always very good at uh, coming up with uh, words for new words and phrases for things. Maybe that's one you could work on. Uh, Gaz mm, Williams, okay. pro- professional oh. bass player, music technologist, and whatnot. <laughs> How are you? Yes. Hello, very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, very good link. Um, I'd just like to show something first. Now, a couple of weeks, or maybe actually a couple of months ago, I was proudly showing how the um, MyVolts uh, rip cord was powering the Analog 4. I mean, some of you might remember uh, it went through the whole show and then went, I think, lasted another 10 hours just running it off one of these kind of batteries that you get for, um, you know, recharging, um, well, the, the larger ones you can do for recharging iPads and the like. The only thing was, I didn't have any audio plugged in. I was using the Electron Analog 4, and it was all working. I got the sequencer working, but I didn't have it. I actually went to try it out again, and there was no sound. So it was a terrible... I was like, oh, no! You know, because I was... (laughs) So I was very embarrassed, but to save face... um, my vaults have actually created a um, a little thing that solves the problem. And here I have an analog four. Yeah. And 
I switch it on. Oop. And look at this little doobie. Can you see that there? Yeah, I can. It Is basically, that like an, earthy, an earthy thing. Well, it, it means that you can have two. Um, oh, sorry, cable. <laughs> You can see why disasters happen in this studio. Yeah, right. You <laughs> yank things across uh, to get them in shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there's this little thing, and basically it means that two rip cords can feed something. Uh, so basically, can, I think can, nine uh, each. Yeah, they they come together. Each rip cord can provide nine watts. So this means that they're the 18 watts. Means now the moment of truth. I like okay. it move. <laughs> Excellent. So, I, that's bizarre you should say that, because I got one of these today as well, which is a little oh, mixer. I, I think it's mixer. like a... Yeah, I don't know what it's yeah. called. Well, I haven't had a chance. Yeah, just it's like mixer. Mi it's like the... Mi mixer. It's an Irish... It's an Irish... Um, it's an Irish mixer, isn't it? So they've called it the mixer. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> no, they have. I mean... They are Irish. Yeah, that's true. I suppose that's it. fair. Yeah. They, they are claiming it. So that's actually pretty cool. Have you tried it out yet? No, I literally just opened the box. Um, -da! Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe we can talk about it later. We, I don't. Okay. This, this show isn't quite sponsored by uh, my bike. No, no, that's true. At this point. I, I, but I, feel, I needed to show. I feel I like I should show that, something as well. Yeah. Okay. I feel well, like I should show we'll something give you a as well. Minutes. And what I have here. Oh. I have a USB one hub. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I've, I've heard, I've heard the, silver, the, the silver version ones sound better somehow. There's a definite... Yeah, yeah. 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 It's more... Just, more. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Good stuff. There's something about the sound of USB one that I really like. Yeah, it's that multiplex, <laughs> that little multiplex of wine that adds a sort of like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just excellent, isn't it? Crikey. Well, we, I mean, we were, we, we are flippant today, but there is a lot of stuff to go on. I think we should probably begin because they're actually as i said there's kind of almost more news than we've uh, we've got we've got the ability to start with so let's start with a little bit of uh, well i've got four videos from roland what's if i press the first button i can't remember which one is listed first but uh, brand new releases roland did their big release we went over to abbey road and we went and filmed a load of stuff with david ireland and the first one is hello yes jupiter xm oh Oh, I think I marked out rather than marked in. That's a bit of a mistake, isn't it? Reset. <laughs> wow. Go on. Go on, oh, man. That's disappointing, isn't it? I've, 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 let's see if that works now. Come on. Try again. So this is the Jupiter XM being played by David Ireland using the uh, eye arpeggiator, which is quite clever. It sort of figures out the spacing and the clustering of notes and will adjust the clock and the density and all the, and the range of all of these things and spread it amongst the five parts. So essentially, Jupiter XM is a new engine. Uh, it's, it's not ACB. It's got something else. It do up to 256 voices across five-part multi-timbral. It's got a JP engine. It still uses the plug-out kind of concept, but they're not the same stuff. It's slightly less CPU intensive, so they can give you more voices. So I think the idea of this is it becomes the center of if you need a lot of sounds in the way that, you know, like the old JV1080 and the XV5080 used to, used to use them as the meat and potatoes, the big polyphonic engine of your productions. Um, so it's got a JV, an XV engine, a JP engine, an SH engine, a JX engine, and an RD engine, uh, which I believe is the supernatural piano. 
and there's loads of stuff and it's very much got the Jupiter livery and uh, all of those things and we saw it in person uh, it sounds very good actually but the, the, they've sort of gone a weird way around because there's a big version which is the JV the JPX uh, have I got it here uh, it's spoke, yeah this guy which is massive. This is much bigger, full size. Uh, it's got more controls on it. It looks very Jupiter 80 and, uh, you know, gives you all of that stuff, but a lot more control, whereas the X has less so much of the control, but the same engine. So thoughts, anybody? Who'd like to go first? <laughs> Have you, has anyone had a, had a chance to listen? I mean, I know I know that uh, we've... Because well, there's, there's a lot of this Roland stuff to go through. So I know, um, Jem, you're a keyboard player. You've been a Roland artist. Uh, you've got. You, I don't. I don't know whether the X is something that is likely to be on your radar because it's. You know, depends whether or not it's the sort of thing that you would use. But uh, does it? Does it light any fires under your uh, creative wallet juices? <laughs> it's. Um. It's. Well, it's certainly interesting. I think it, it's kind of it. It. it... Um. It's 256 voices. I think, isn't it? And yeah. Which will do. Should also. should do for a bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 10, all I need is 10. So it's kind of, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, I think it, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious as to why one is, is being released so far away from the other one. I don't know whether it's, whether one will harm the sales of the other one, but. Um, well, I think the X is probably coming next year, they said, because the, when we saw it, the prototype was, was not, you know, it was a pro, it wasn't a working one, whereas the X is yeah. working and done. I don't know why that yeah. is. It's. I mean, it's. it's we've could, obviously because all the, all the boutique range sort of came out. It's kind of. It does feel perhaps a little bit like it's. Although obviously the polyphony is much bigger, and I think the engine is now an A core, is it or a Zen core or something? Yeah, I think it's it's different. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think if you if you're already in possession of the boutique since, then I'm not. Well, I suppose you've got the JX engine and stuff in this one. Um, well, you got much and more polyphony, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's. It is interesting. I mean, I think as a keyboard player myself, I think the mini keys are a bit of a turn off. Um, yeah. But then, if it's a bigger one next year, then maybe that's that's worth having a look at. It's, um, but yeah, it sounds good. It sounds great. It does sound good. Um, I know, Yoad, I mean, we, we went to your studio. You've got a lot of uh, lovely old classic synths. Not so many sort of brand new. I suppose you've got the Rev 2, but I don't know whether this is the sort of thing that floats your boat or not. I mean, the one thing I will say about the X, M rather, is. There's a lot. I, I had a fiddle with one, and there's a lot of parameters under the hood, and it's quite. It is a bit like editing a '90s synthesizer, which is a bit disappointing. That's why I'll just throw that into the mm -hmm. mix. Um, you know, but all these new releases, uh, it kind of makes me think um, whether I should really, you know, hold on. Obviously, I'm not going to sell anything, but since I'm not using those that often like on a daily basis and i and i tend to use plugins you know you i have the um the omnisphere 2.6 with all the emulation of these yeah. classics uh, keyboards and all that it the presets are really nice it doesn't sound anything like the real thing but the presets i mean the presets sound quite similar but the sonic the overall sound is not the same but you can kind of get used to it or even because it, it serves the same purpose in a track, if you know what I mean. Right. Uh, and since I'm not I'm not using that much, sometimes I would use a baseline of the SH-101 and stuff like that, but I don't use them on a daily basis. And this Jupiter X thing, it, it sounds really lovely. And since it, it, it contains the, the engines of the other boutique uh, line, then it's, it's almost like a one-stop 
shop. Instead of yeah. buying all these boutique boxes, which give you four voices each and all that, you can buy a big... I don't know if you can... Is it multi-timbral? I forget. Five part, yeah. Five can part multi-timbral. Five part. Over 256 voices. So you can use five, basically five boutique ones at the same times with with at the same time with more polyphony than each one so that's kind of and maybe even maybe even the price works itself out if if you wanted to 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 go in that direction uh so i'm thinking you know since i have a lot of hardware that i'm not using I might as well buy it and have another piece of hardware that I'm not using and use plugins. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting, uh, interesting angle. I mean, because I hadn't really thought about that, 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 and the pricing. Because uh, first, look, the the, the Jupiter XM, which is the mini, is. Uh, I mean, we got the price. It was the fourteen hundred euros, which seems, you know, that's kind of a chunk of change. Um, so it's quite a lot of cash. I don't know, Gaz. I mean, hmm. it feels like it feels to me like Roland were. It's like so close with that one, but not quite. You know, everybody's screaming for analog rather than a, a box that will play a load of emulations of their greatest hits. Yeah, the greatest hits. It, that, it, that's yeah. It's kind of like that, isn't it? I mean, I think the whole launch this time was curious. Are we going to talk about some of the other things in the launch? Yeah, we are. There's well, a. Should we? Do you want to get onto that? I mean, I suppose uh, we could do Roland that launch. now. That's what I call Roland. I'm going to do. I'm going to use that as the title. Right, hold on. Well, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because when you look at what the XM is, and also the the X as well, as you say, it's like a kind of best of. They also have just launched the new Phantom, which um, yes, I think is it's just Phantom only in name. I think it's a completely brand new machine, um, very premium priced as well. You know, yeah. top end um, three thousand two hundred euros for the six and up. Yes. So, and I was kind of, well, I was just, I was kind of thinking about this relative to the Jupiter X as well, which, you know, the Jupiter X does have like a creative aspect to it, but it also is like, as you say, like a bit of um, a best of. So, the, I, I mean, I, and I wonder just how much these, the Phantom and the Jupiter X sort of share in terms of um, Not much. sound. Well, uh, so, no, um, well, I can tell you a little bit about that. Uh, okay. This was what was really <laughs> curious. We did the we, we went to Metropolis Studios where Roland have got their kind of uh, demo HQ where they're based in London. And but the event was at Abbey Road. We went to Abbey Road and they had a dealer. Uh, event they, had, they split into two so the dealer event was where they gave all the facts and figures and had all the performances and then they had this sort of youtube influencers and guests which just basically turned up for free canopies and, and a free bar and it was great it was a really good event you know without us having to uh, it was like going to a, 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 um, a timeshare kind of meeting without having to go through the talk you know you just got the kind of good bit and um but they didn't have any so as a result nobody really knew much about what the specs were so i but i i'm i do because i did the stuff with with david arland so so uh the there is i, I take your point about that i think I, I've, I've sort of lost my thread where what was the last well, point you made that i was i really well, I, interrupted I was, with my baked I, I, I was gonna say that i was finding it quite curious how they kind of looking at the kind of person who's going to buy the phantom and the person who will buy the jupiter x is a very different customer base um ah, yes i see what you mean yeah you know and you know if they are in a, in, in a way similar things but just with a different I, skin reminds, so to speak yeah, which reminds me what i was going to say the phantom okay. has the <laughs> v piano engine in it Right. As I think, yeah, you know, which is good. quite a big deal, right. you know, and it sounds bloody great. It really sounded good. Mm. In fact, the interface was—I uh, think Axel Hartman had a piece of it. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not a workstation person, so I don't know how mm. applicable that is. I mean, maybe I should quickly uh, play a little bit of just so this you see what we're talking. That's it. That's the Phantom, Phantom X. Phantom, of course. Bit new. Uh, um, I, I won't play a lot. There's mm. loads of videos all online about it and everything. So yeah. So I, I was just gonna, the, the only thing I was going to say though was that like um, surely this would have been the time for Roland to have brought out a new V synth instead. You know, if they were going to no. be bringing out big job, you know, big synths, uh, a new V-Synth would just be fantastic now because the, the original V-Synth and the V-Synth GT were really, really great, hampered, I think, by the available technology of the time. CPU so, I mean, was a bit know, slow and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and the loading time really frustrating, you know. So with all of the kind of, um, all this That's kind of good. fast... Yeah, but that, that's all I was thinking that they've kind of now got this kind of weird sort of like like the you know the Jupiter X isn't this just like isn't what it's not a sound really. it's not a sound design machine. No, so it's sort of it and the Phantom. It's like it's all a bit weird, a bit confused. I think. Um, mm. However, I mean, actually, out of the two, I think I actually prefer the Phantom. That's an interesting point. Mm. I mean, Jem, um, mm. you're obviously. Are an MD and have been an MD uh, music director, which is you're right. You are squarely the phantom target audience, I would imagine. You know, you would be yeah. going out live. You'd be able to run a whole bunch of stuff on it. You'd be kind of, you know, it would be the only keyboard you're going to need. Uh, you know, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually physically it's quite interesting because it kind of it looks a bit motify. Montage, sorry, it's kind of got that slightly Yamaha. I mean, I probably shouldn't say that, but I'm not a Roland artist anymore, so I can say what I like. <laughs> so, but the thing is, the thing I was looking at the specs on this, and the thing that that is very surprising um, is that it doesn't do multi-sampling, uh, as in you can't load your own samples in and sort of map them across the keyboard. And, and when I because I used to, I've used I used the Phantom X, the Phantom G to bits, and I know them inside out because I used to use them all the time. And you could load samples in, and you could like, for example, you know, if you're if you're You've got tricky bits on albums, or you've had some. You've got certain sounds that are from soft synths. You, you know, you can, you can. It was really useful to be able to sample those sorts of sounds and stick them in the Phantoms, and actually just play them live and have them as samples. But this one doesn't do it, and and the the FA08 before it didn't do it either. And uh, it just seems a bit. It seems it, it, it's such a sort of. It's like a fundamental. Such of a, like, yeah, it's yeah, such a fundamental. Yeah, it's, now, such, it? it's such a fundamental sort of tool to have. I mean, the Kronos does it, which is one of the reasons why I use those now live because you know it's it's they're very very well specced in that respect. But you know, even the Kronos, the Kronos came out in 2011. I mean, that's old tech now. Yeah. And so it's kind of um, uh, it, it, I just feel like they're missing a massive trick. I mean, if they if they if they had if it was if it could sample and they made a rap version, I'd have two of them and take them on the road straight away. You know, it would just be brilliant. But it I is. Know, I mean, it feels like they're missing something. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, I don't know how many of you, but we've all, most of us probably have been involved in the, the, the transition from, you know, the album to live and you have to provide all the bits. You know, yes, you, you, you try and make as much of it as live. You know, I've done it several on several albums and there are some bits which is, you know, it might be a weird old Russian synth that just has exactly the right filter articulation in that part. Mm -hmm. So you might either chop it up into a sort of few keyboard zones so the keyboard player is playing one thing in one hand and triggering some other stuff. So it's, it's still live, and that is the bread and butter of modern album reproduction live, unless you're just going to run multi-tracks, which most people try not to do. And the Phantom, mm. these new Phantoms, as you, if, if that's the case, they just don't address that in any way unless it's stems. Yeah, you know, and you're just exactly. kind of playing it off the sequence. So, yeah, that's a valid, valid point. I did not know that, but then I'm not really a workstation kind of person. I don't know. Yeah, do, do you, is, uh, does a workstation have any interest for you? I guess it probably... And and again, in, in the form of a plugin, I use the Nexus 2 
a lot, which is yeah, well, kind you of me, a you played me some of that, in, and it sounded great. Yeah, yeah, it just sounds really good, and it has a lot of of samples and, and and loads of presets, and it's quite tweakable. I mean, it's not you can't really dive deep. They they give you a sort of a, a sound, and then you can tweak it. Um, so it's not a preset creating machine, but it's rather a, a preset playing machine. Uh, but it has loads of sounds and, and it sounds really good. And again, you can open as many as you want in a session and it's a plugin. There's something about for studio work, which is which is what the majority or, you know, it's what, you it's do, what yeah. I do, basically. Yeah. And since it's digital anyway, then for me, the form of a plugin, it makes much more sense. Uh, because even with the Jupiter X being five part multi-timbral, you know, it's kind of okay, but eventually you'll have to record it to audio. And then what happens if you want to change the tempo or the key or something like that? So you're always limited. And with plugins, it's just there. So, but at the same time, I really like the concept of, there's something about the sound of workstations that, um you know historically because they were very limited in memory and all that now all the tyros and chronos and all that are just pcs basically so you can have uh probably running linux or something and you can have as much as you like but historically they were very limited and people had to work really hard especially roland's roland were the the champions of 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 that kind of era and uh, they, they used to work really hard on making the most out of the the limited amount of memory and they got some really nice sounds and i I still use some of the old akai samples which are like that as well like a cello that is like two megabytes in size and something like that but there's something about those sounds and i really like i really like it and i would definitely buy um the phantom in the form of a plugin so this is something ah, that I would like to see hmm. in well, cloud, maybe uh, or the library cloudy. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe the Roland Cloud. I, I suspect this is all heading into this convergence thing with the Roland stuff. I'm wondering whether or not, because Roland have got another two products, and I feel that, you know, we if we front mm-hmm. load, maybe we should go to some other stuff and then maybe come back to the other products later, um, just so that there's a little bit of variance. Uh, but before we do that, I'm just going to uh, have a quick uh, message from our friends over at Isotope, and this t- is competition time and plugging time. Presenting Neutron 3, the modern way to mix. Bring your workflow into the 21st century with eight modern mixing tools, all at your fingertips in one Mothership plugin. Starting a mix can take a while, but with the all-new Mix Assistant, Neutron can listen to your audio and quickly suggest a custom starting point for an individual track or set levels for your entire mix. Shape sounds like never before with the new Sculptor module. Match audio to a target sonic profile and instantly sculpt it to sound more like itself or like something else completely. Reach out and touch your audio with Neutron's immersive controls and visualizations. Neutron 3 comes equipped with Visual Mixer, a tool to help you effortlessly manipulate the landscape of your mix. Neutron 3, the modern way to mix. And, of course, you could download a 10-day fully functional demo from uh, Isotope. Uh, uh, you just need to get up an account. Uh, we want to say uh, you can, in fact, 
we can win. You can win a copy of Neutron 3 Advance if you just don't want to enter the competition. We're looking for the hashtag RepairMixMaster. That's all one word, just for brevity. And the hashtag Neutron 3, that's the number three and the word Neutron, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's the hashtag RepairMixMaster. And the hashtag Neutron3 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And uh, if you enter, we will uh, we'll be running a competition next week. Actually, next week, it's a bit borderline as to whether we're going to get the podcast done because we're actually going to Tokyo for the Japan uh, uh, for the Yamaha 40 Years of Synths event. Uh, we're very fortunate to be uh, uh, to be invited to go, and uh, you don't turn down a jolly like that because uh, they don't come along <laughs> very often. So we're we're going to be in Tokyo, heading to Tokyo, but we may have time before we go to do that. But I want to say also uh, the winner of last week's uh, competition not is not Jem, but it's this guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, There's probably some. Yay! Thank you very much. Um, we pulled a winner from the last week, and it's somebody called microcnc.se or at microcnc, which I'm wondering if that's some sort of um, CNC is is lathes, isn't it? So I wonder if it's something there's there's something to do with microengineering or something. But if you want to get in touch, microCNC, uh, then we will be able to uh, get uh, Isotope and hook you up with a full copy of Neutron Three. So uh, thank you very much for joining uh, and entering the competition, and also to Isotope for providing the prize. Right. Okay, well, let's let's get on to a uh, different end of the scale. Another manufacturer, yet another product out this week. And this Hello and welcome we shot to our Sonic Lab special. We've got Jackson here from Modal Electronics. And we're very fortunate that Modal are actually just down the road in Bristol, which means quite often we get the opportunity to see something that you're working on. And that's kind of what you brought in today, right? That's it. We've got an early production prototype of uh, a new family member, Argon 8. So this is a brand new synthesizer. Brand new, yeah, new to the modal family, although leaning on some of the older tech that we've kind of released over the past few products and building on it into something a little bit more, um, just a little bit higher end, I guess. So, um, right, OK, you can watch the video. It's up online. In fact, if you haven't already seen, uh, we're going to have some more stuff coming from Nobcon because Nobcon was at the weekend. And Jim, uh, our reporter who's uh, handling stuff out there for us, uh, Air Monkey Music, I don't know if he's in the, he's, might be in the chat room, he's got a whole bunch of videos, including another uh, presentation with the modal Argon 8. Uh, briefly, eight voice digital synthesizer with uh, aftertouch enabled Fatar, nice keybed. So it's a kind of step up. And this, again, is another wavetable synth. I mean, we're starting to kind of, this is really what with the Hydra synth the week before, wavetable is really becoming front and center and is becoming, it's sort of muscling its way in as the kind of, you know, the, one of the, the four forerunners of, of modern digital technology. I'm sure Waldorf must be going, we told you years ago, why didn't you buy more of our products? But, you know, it's it's the way. I, I know. Jem, does wavetable synthesis excite you in the same way that it seems to be getting everybody else uh, hot under the collar? The possibilities seem to be endless. No. No, oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's kind of, it's, it's um, I mean, it does seem to be the synthesis method du jour, doesn't it, at the moment? And um, the hydrosynth, actually, that does, I looked at the thing last week, that does look really interesting, and that did sound really nice. But it, it's kind of, I always find, um, um, whenever I try and use wavetable wave stuff, it always sounds quite sort of brittle and harsh, and I always struggle to kind of get it in a mix, unless it's the lead thing, like bass or something. It's not really, it's kind of, I, I, I don't know, it, it, it's always, it always sounds sort of quite cold to me. I don't know why Okay. That, it needs a lot of filtering, sense. doesn't it? It needs the right kind yeah, of filtering. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. And I think that's traditionally always been the case as well. Although I guess the sample rates they're using now and the bit depths are probably higher than when we were, you know, using 8-bit and probably yeah. six, four, uh, 20, well, probably I mean, 20. Because they're looking at the, the, the quantum, isn't it? The Waldorf quantum. And that looks like this, an extraordinary, amazing looking thing. And then I've sort of I've patrolled through all the, as much YouTube stuff as I can find. And a lot of it does seem to be that kind of, you know, um, it's just sort of metallic kind of ah, sort of head of small kind of synthesis. Oh. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of. <laughs> so yeah, I so just, I don't yeah. know. I, 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 no, no offense. I just, I don't know. I, I, what, did, what does everybody else think? I'm not really. Yeah, interesting. I'm not really um, my table. Go, go, yeah, go, I can, go, I can comment on that. I can comment on that because. Um, uh, I was involved in the in the development of of uh, Codex, which was a which is a wavetable um, synthesizer. Basically, um, what you have in a traditional um, subtractive synthesizer is that the the most or the whitest that's how we we call it um, shape you can get is a sawtooth. So that's the the shape with the most harmonics that you can get, and out of that you 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 take some of the high frequencies usually out uh, with addition of resonance, and that's how you get your, your sound, and that's why it's called subtractive synthesis. Uh, Wavetable can sample, it's based on samples which are looped, and that gives you two things. One is the ability to sample things which are whiter than sawtooth, which means that the harmonics doesn't go down gradually, um, so they can they can... Basically, you can create a, a, a waveform out of additive synthesis, which can go like that. So it can be, uh, it can have more harmonics, and that's why it can sound a lot brighter. So right. that's one thing that contributes to the fact that it's so bright. The other one being the fact that it's looped. So basically, you have a tiny sample which is looped. And, and and that's that's in each table, each slot is looped. And when you scan the table, you scan between each slot, you get the, um, you know, the shapes, the yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. The, the, the motion or the animation or whatever you want to call it. The fact that these tiny samples are looped uh, also creates some artifacts because of the looping. Even if you use crossfades and stuff like that, these are tiny loops, and they they can have pitch, which is actually reflected on your original fundamental pitch. They have that. Oh, right, they have their and own. And they introduce a lot of yeah, and they introduce a lot of harmonics, which sound kind of metallic. So those those two factors really contribute to the you know as and and, and as technology advances, we can do better smoothing better interpolation uh, and all that but and you can get a lot of smooth sounds out of of wavetable uh, synthesis it's just a matter of the, the 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 oscillator in conjunction with the filter and how you use them so you don't have to necessarily open the the filter all the way up like you have to do with subtractive synth right. you can you know play with it and and make it smooth but I agree with what Jem says. There's something kind of a little bit metallic about it. Some people like it. 
I, yeah, I like um, it in, in some well, ways. I must, yeah. I, I must say, I, I must say, because I mean, the sculpt is based on. Uh, it's not just Wavetable with the, with the sculpt. There, there is Wavetable, but there's also some other clever digital stuff. Going. It's a purely digital synth. The sculpt I really liked. I thought it sounded great, and I think this technology is very similar to what they had in the sculpt. I mean, we did that jam, didn't mm. we, at the Sonic State Live, and yeah. it was. It just sounds. I just think it sounds lovely. I mean, so this this is. Yeah. I mean, and this is fairly well priced. I mean, they're they're trying. Oh, yeah. Modal you know, are trying to kind of make the synth that presumably will will make the company kind of have a a, a a bigger future and they can do bigger and bolder things because yeah. they've they've you know they've they probably... but it's, it's curious isn't it as a company that they that they launched with high-end very expensive synthesizers you know like almost like the most expensive synthesizers on the market or cl close to and then came out with like those sort of clipped together the original things, yeah, versions yeah. of the craft synth um the cheapest you know like like the most ridiculous, uh, different, um, uh, uh, you know, the yeah. furthest ends of the market. Um, and then and then through the sculpt and the craft two, you know, they've been sort of moving up a little bit. And now this feels like, because, well, this is 579. Yeah, it's pretty reasonably priced. Price on That's good. Eight yeah, voice. And, mm -hmm. Good and, quality key bed. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, I can't tell exactly because I've only seen it just briefly. Yeah. But um, nicely laid out, you know, intelligently and attractively laid out. It's very well featured, isn't it? I mean, what is it? Three envelopes. Two yeah, it's, uh, it is. I mean, it's very uh, and it's got a whole bunch of. Uh, it's got three effects generators in it, which you can then. Right. Access externally without going through the VCA and all of that stuff. I mean, are they the, the response, are they I have to say, the response has been Sorry. very good in the comments, but yeah. 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 Well, I think they've got the price just right. I mean, it's sort of going really head to head with the um, the Minilog XD, which obviously mm. does is a hybrid synth. Um, however, um, you know, the more polyphony uh, and obviously the the, the wavetable focus of this um regarding wavetable so i mean um i i love wavetable synthesis i really do um on the sledge i've always enjoyed that aspect of having um one oscillator which you can have as a wavetable oscillator and then the other two which are essentially uh, va kind of oscillators and uh and it's that the exact thing that Jem's talking about, which is, uh, you know, it's like that metallic kind of thing. But but when you kind of blend it together with the other oscillators, I find it really creative. But I also think that uh, for a lot of maybe younger people who are just getting into the hardware world, this is going to be very attractive to them and maybe their first experience sort of, um, of um, wavetable synthesis. Or there may even be a path through people who like using Gadget or the, yeah. um, actually, I was actually, no, I was thinking actually the Electribe Wave, which is an iPad, um, I, th I think it might be iPhone as well, but, but certainly iPad update of the Electribe that is essentially a wavetable um, Electribe. Uh, right. Reminds me a little bit of the way that the, um, that when they did their, uh, um, virtual version of the wave station, so again, similar ah, okay. I get it. kind of a, a approach. Um, so I think it's a very smart move of modal, and I think it's going to be, well, and hope it's going to be a really good 
success for them. I hope so too. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, they're mm. just down the road, and if they have any parties because of their success, I like to feel that we might get invited. <laughs> oh yeah, come on, bring us along. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really interesting, and I think I think you know th- this is quite a po- positive and powerful thing. I mean. Honestly, this week it's it's almost impossible to cover everything because there's so much synth news. I mean, yeah. whereas you know over the summer, like I say, we've been struggling to kind of find. I mean, we've still got <laughs> we should go back to to the Rolands as well because we've got the Roland Boutique JU uh, 06A, which mm. uh, I mistakenly I can't believe I made this error on camera and left it in the edit, but I thought I was right. Was that the it's got the model of the 60 and the 106, so it's an update of the Boutique uh, uh, 106. Um, but it's got the 60 oscillator as well, uh, or the 60 model, so you can flip between the two and you get the preset. But uh, as many people were saying, why didn't you take the opportunity to make it a six voice? That would have been the absolute killer yeah. blow. You know, that would have been the bam, have a bit of that. But it's uh, unfortunately that's not been the case. But they're not making this limited edition, um, so that's a good one. I don't know how you feel about that, because um, Jem, you were talking about uh, uh, boutiques, were you? I mean, a boutique something that you would consider using because it's just because of the. <laughs> Portability. Yeah, and- again, it's it's that it's that it's just two voices shy, isn't it? I think that's that's the certainly with the with the Juno stuff. I mean, it's it's uh, I had a System Eight for a while. Yeah, good synth. Of them good synth. It's a really good synth. I really really liked it. You know, it's a great synth. And the, I thought the 106 model was particularly uh, accurate. It was it was. Well, I used to have a 106, and it really was that kind of. Oh, I remember all these sounds, and you know, the hiss of the chorus and all that kind of. It was it was just really nicely done. But I, it seems a bit strange to to. It, to, to lose two voices. I mean, you know, it, it, it's... Yeah, I yeah, know what strange. you mean. I, I suspect what's... Because, I mean, also, we've got to bear in mind, the first boutiques came out several years ago. DSP technology must have moved on. But I suspect what's happened is mm-hmm. because Roland have their custom own custom chips, to design a new custom chip, which would then have the capability for the extra two voices wouldn't make sense for a single release. So they've, they've had to use, you know, they've used the, the dies and mm. maybe the, the stock that they had of those. So that's why they can't do it, which is a shame because, like I well, said, it would have been could, a brilliant a, a brilliant um, addition. To can't, they, can't they just put two chips in each one? <laughs> well, again, I know that probably has <laughs> implications for power and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. I know. Yo, Ad, I mean, you yeah. were talking about getting boutiques and whatnot. I mean, this one, it, I have to say, it did sound really nice. It, it sounds really lovely. I'm, I'm just wondering whether the one again, on the one on the Phantom and the uh, not the Phantom, the Jupiter X, X. Yeah. whether it sounds similar, whether it has the the, the 60 emulation or just the 106. I think it just has the 106. Uh, just I believe the 106. Yeah. I, actually, I wonder what will be the difference because it's module. It's you know, it's not the real thing. The real thing had. The kind of randomness on the of the VCO, so but that uh, well, you know what you know what I, I, I that's what I thought. Apparently, the Juno sixty and the Juno six were not VCOs either. They were also DCOs, and I made the same mistake. And people were going all over me in the comments because it's like no, yeah, it's the six. It's just the six that is VCOs, isn't it? Oh, is it? Ah, well, I was partially yeah. right then. The six, Hooray! I the got six, something. I was yeah, close. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because in order in order to have presets, it has ah. to be DCOs because you have to to be able to control. So that's why I'm that's why I'm I'm just I'm I'm quite I'm not quite sure what is. I mean, there is a difference between the sixty and the one hundred and six, but it's not as much as between six. the the six and the sixty. You know what I mean? But ah. it doesn't. What I wanted to say about the voices is that I used to have the the Tetra, the Dave Smith yeah. uh, Tetra, and I started with one, and then I bought another one, and I and I kind of linked them together so you can get eight voice polyphony, and that makes a lot of difference uh, because the four is not quite 
Uh, well, you get Jeff notes, Steve. You it, don't get that lush overhang, yeah, and, as and, it were. And with the, ex, with the extra two, with like, with, I, I never have that problem with the Poly 6 or with the, with the, with the Juno 106 that, that I have. I mean, I don't play Chopin on it, you know what I mean? But, uh, but Six voices but is can, helpful. You can get yeah. six voices, voices is much better than, than four. Yeah, I, I take your point. I take your point. I know, Gaz, were you disappointed that yeah. it wasn't six voices? It just felt oh, like it was completely. the ideal opportunity. Uh, well, absolutely. And I mean, you know, for whatever their kind of um, strategy or financial thing was, you know, the amount of negativity that this has generated online only because of that polyphony mm. aspect which is quite funny you know it kind of makes you think like and as Jem said you know why not put two of the chips in there and sort of uh bump the know, price up a bit yeah bump the, yeah you know i think people would be you know wouldn't mind paying a little bit extra for the extra polyphony you know i mean it probably wouldn't be a, a huge amount of difference um so it just seems like a little bit of a, of a of a strange move and that does kind of connect a little bit earlier to what we were talking about with the other, uh, with the Jupiters as well, where it just feels like they don't quite get what people want. They kind of... Uh, yeah, I it's an interesting one because all of, the, all, of the pre- all of the presentations were uh, opened with, we've been listening hmm. to our users and... And, uh, you know, yeah. and, and same with the Groovebox and which, they wanted the Groovebox, yeah. you know, which is which is the MC707 well, I mean, as well. It, it, it felt like with the whole IRA range that Roland had been listening and making products much closer to, you know, and, and things like the... Um, when the TR8 became the TR8S, that yeah. really felt like that was uh, a really significant development that that brought it much more to what people were kind of looking for in a drum machine. Um, whereas I just kind of wonder which focus groups they've been sort of asking about for the Jupiter X, you know, and and for this June, you know, for this Juno module as well. It's quite curious. I do think, however, that the real estate that was taken up by the strips yeah, on the previous used it well. being ditching that and putting the controls on makes a lot more sense. I mean, if you're going to have a little module like that, you're going to probably be driving it from another keyboard. Um, I mean, obviously they had their little KB25 or whatever it was called, um, but it is much better to have some more yeah, buttons. No, you're, more, absolutely, uh, you're absolutely yeah. right. I think. Right. Yeah. I think the other thing. The, sorry, the other thing is you know. Previous, the three previous Septembers, say, for instance, you know, where they've done their launches, there's been one or two or, you know, some really good products coming out of it. And it just feels like with this one, they they haven't quite achieved the same height. I don't know whether that's uh, just a sense I'm getting because it, it seems just, just from our small sample of panels and reading YouTube comments, it feels like it didn't quite get the result they were perhaps after. But I mean, I hope it, I hope it, it reflects in sales and there are enough. Because the thing is, you, you, had, you were saying that the XM or the X was, was actually something that you would, that you would consider for, for reasons I hadn't thought about. So, you know, maybe it's going to be, it's all going to be okay. I, you know what? And I, and I would even consider it more if it was um, in a wreck format, yeah. let alone a plugin. A plugin will be ideal for me, but, but even a wreck, because I just don't have enough, You've seen my studio, you know, yeah, it's, no it's not small, but I have a lot of a lot of stuff and uh, and every every additional piece of gear has to be kind of, you know, justified, accounted for. It either has to be beautiful yeah. or very functional yeah. or both <laughs> with loads of lights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point yeah it's, it's it's interesting but so i guess 
maybe we'll get on to the other uh, the other Roland stuff another time because it's there's just so much to do. Because the other big news is I don't know if we saw this, but uh, Berenger have been on the move again, and this is more of a sort of personnel thing. I mean, they've hired uh, um, the guy. Uh, I'm trying to if I get his name pronunciation right. This is going to be a Hiroaki Nish- Nishijima, who is the guy who uh, basically brought to life, you know, conceived the MS-20 or one of the team, and they brought him on board to to start a new kind of synth innovation centre in Tokyo where they're going to start building and designing new instruments. They also got the guy from uh, Glisglis, I think, what's he called? Is it Glegly? Can't remember what it is. He's been doing a load of work on... uh, aftermarket firmware for old synths, and noticeably the uh, DSi Poly 600 or the sequential Poly 600. So they're really starting to pull this team together. And it seems like at the same time, we've got sort of Roland and the other big guys sort of going, yes, after our five-year cycle, we're doing this. And, Ro- and yet Behringer are just kind of moving nimbly and uh, and fast into the market. And it's quite interesting because I know that they've taken a lot of criticism, but, you know, we, we have now seen that... Uh, Uli Berenger has put his money and his uh, his considerable investment where his mouth is. He said, I love synths, I want to make synths, and that's exactly what he's doing. And so we might see some very exciting stuff, I think. I don't know, um, Jem, I'll get you on, because you haven't been on for years, you know, so you we haven't spoken to you since all of these new this new age clones. And all, not only that, but the DeepMind 12 and the uh, Neutron, the, the, the kind of new synths from Berenger come out. Have you experienced any of them? Have you tried any of them? Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I had a deep mind for a while, um, uh, which, which again, I've got this rule that if, if something isn't turned on for three months, it goes on eBay, but it's just this thing of, of, um, I was actually, with that thing you were saying, I've got it pulled up here. It's, it's, um, it's Nishijima when he says, uh, these days it's difficult for current Japanese companies to create the types of synths that I used to develop. That's a really interesting mm. statement. I thought. Yeah, and probably one current. that was incredibly well thought about before yeah, it was released yeah. as well. I mean, that's a re- I think that's a really telling. That's a really telling statement that because it's it's um, you know it, we, I don't think we're not making this. You know, we're not imagining this. I think I think there is a there is a perhaps a culture of, of um, uh, not inflexibility, but you know, but kind of once once a decision has been made, I think it and it's it's a very long process by the sounds of it. Whereas with Behringer, I think they're very much more like we can do this and let's do that and let's get you know let's keep going. The, their TR808 thing, I'm interested in. Look, that sounds that sounds very good from what I've heard on online so far. Yeah, I can. I can. 80 of the things. Yeah, I concur. I mean, we 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 had a look at that, and it did sound very. It's got the that RDA. thing going on. I mean, it's not the same RDA, physical yes. presence, but it's it's not bad. It's pretty big, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still got that thing. It's huge. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> interesting, isn't it, guys? I think that I think this is yeah. th- this is. I mean, it's a it's a big it's a great big message to the industry more than anything else. You know, you will take yeah. me seriously. You know, essentially. Yeah, and you know, and and really intriguing. And really intriguing, um, and I just wonder what on earth he's he must have been concocting in his mind since the MS Twenty. Yeah, uh, what's he going to do? You know, that would be really interesting. Yeah, to sort of have all of those ideas and then to have a platform to be able to explore that. And will possibly, it be analog? Know, will it be digital? Yeah, yeah, and uh, kind of who cares really about yeah, analog and digital I suppose, right yeah, now? That's true. I, I do feel like that. I mean, we've talked about that, I think on the show um, the last show we, that that we feel we've kind of moved on a little bit from the hang-up of that but um yeah i mean he you know it, it if he has that freedom then to 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 create um without being so bound by the kind of rigid corporate structures that that does kind of sadly kind of scupper japanese 
uh, I mean, we were talking about this the other day, weren't we, Nick? How, you know, Japanese, they dominated, didn't they? Sort of the synth world and music tech world. They dominated for 25 Decade, years. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, and very few com uh, companies outside of Japan were making any, you know, I mean, Alesis, I guess, were... There's well, not there's many, an American there? surgeons, wasn't you know. there? Mackie, Alesis, and uh, those guys came in and started to really show yeah, about, the, yeah. In the 90s, yeah, I suppose, yeah. But, I mean, um, but now if you look at things, I mean, obviously we've still got Korg and Yamaha and, and Roland and they still make, you know, excellent products. But, but in terms of being the cultural leaders, the, not so much. Um <sighs> So interesting. I think this is very, very interesting news. Uh, and, uh, you know, the MS-20 was, was like almost, uh, was a really radical synth for its day, wasn't it? You know, very well, creative design. Exactly. I mean, it's, it was aggressive and harmonically mm. kind of uh, unstable, which at the time of perhaps other uh, um, instruments coming out of Japan, it was much less polite and irreverent. It was, you know, it was <laughs> quite a different sound world it inhabited. It's, it, I agree, yeah. It, it, it's, it, there's chaos in there. There's a lot of chaos in it, which is not <laughs> something you tend to tend to associate with, with that, that era of products. It's interesting. I know, yeah, mm. you, uh, this, this could be kind of interesting. I mean, I think this sort of new epoch of, uh, of, of, of being able to move fast and, you know, do that. I guess if you've got your own factory, you just kind of go... Get everything out of the way. Hold the PA speakers. We're going to be going with the whatever we've decided to make this week. I mean, that must be a great vibe. I mean, what a toy to play yeah, with, I'm sure. effectively. I'm sure it doesn't It doesn't quite work like no, that. No, I'm sure. It's a big organ. It's a massive organization. And, you know, they have budgets and they have plans and they have uh, all that. But I have to say that, um, again, and this kind of relates to, to what I've to, to what I, I said at the beginning of, of the show about old synths and all that. You know, all these Behringer, this new stuff, this the analog stuff and the OBX, which is in the pipeline as well. It's really interesting because these are small boxes and the Neutron, um, which sounds amazing. Um, the the kind of Minimoog. Uh, the Model D, yeah, called. Model D. The, the Model D, the the SH101, all these, these are just great things to have. They're small, they're, I'm sure they're more reliable than the original stuff, which is like 40 or 50 years old by now, 40 more. Um, I, I spend a lot of money and a lot of grief on, on things that are not working and I have to you know to fix them i have a cs70 which is in, in need of some repair and my jx3p something wrong with it and every time there's something else and mm -hmm. and with these new toys they sound pretty much you know they sound good enough and like i said you know that doesn't matter whether it's a jupiter x a digital one or i mean it kind of does but for I what you, it, you get yeah. out of it, and especially the Behringer ones, it's it's a no-brainer. You know, they're cheap, they're nice, they're small, they don't take too much space. They do the, pretty much the same mm -hmm. thing as the original, if not better. And hopefully, you know, as we see, there'll be more of this. And, and it's also down to the UX, the user experience, you know, because, hmm. you know, plugins and whatnot can can change everything. I know, uh, Yoad, you have a very comprehensive kind of central point where you can control all of that stuff but you know that you can't be putting your hands on something and some of the some mm. of these sims still have a lot of that going on and that's 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 possibly the thing that is 
the most now, you know, the, the hands-on side of things. I don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, Jem, yeah. do you... Uh, sorry, I'll come back to you in a sec, Gaz. Jem, I mean, you know, you, you're working every day on stuff. I mean, I see you've got physical interfaces in front of you. Presumably, you do a, a ton of stuff in the box. Do you feel that you have to have a physical interface to kind of grab hold of to get the best out of a particular thing, or do you find workarounds to to get the most of better both? Yeah, of I th- I th- with synths, I do. I quite like. This is one of the reasons I've got all these things. It was a profit six up here. It's it's kind of it, it is it that sometimes is very very you know it's, it's control services are great for that for that sort of thing. But and that's one of the reasons why I've never really got on with with. Um, uh, iPad music apps because it, I can't. It's it, this. It's it's sort of the screen is. I mean they're brilliant, but yeah, sometimes it's very difficult to kind of interact with them. I, I find because I'm because I'm an old man. So it's sort of like I think. Um, yeah, no, I do. I mean that the, the Pro One thing that they're working on. I mean that looks. That's another thing I'd like to get hold of because that a it sounds brilliant, but also it's you know it's all. It's, the form and function is great. It's one of the reasons why I think with the boutique things were maybe that was erring a little bit on. They were too small. You know, I think it was on the Jupiter or one of the biggest. Yeah, the JPA, it it's kind of, literally, JPA yeah, three-centimetre faders is kind of getting yeah. tricky, yeah. But there's a thing, I mean, with, with I mean, I think I think what, what Behringer have done is brilliant, but I mean, I kind of think on a, just a, at a slighter side, I'm looking at Uli Behringer today, he's kind of, he's kind of, is this is something of the Bond villain about him. <laughs> yeah, I know what I you mean, and he's, he's been cast in that role to a degree as well, and he's sort of... I think he enjoys. I, I suspect he enjoys that a little bit. Yeah, know? no, I think it's right. I think it's, it's kind of. I mean, it's that sort of kind of um, this brilliant image. You know, we've, he's, we've, we've got all these TB three hundred threes, and meanwhile, there's a sign of missiles in the Gobi Desert aimed at the moon. That's the kind of. It's, <laughs> I, I like that sort of thing. No, I think I think I've done a really good job. I'm a I'm a I'm a fan. I'm definitely a fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, Gaz. I was going to. I was on my way. I'm passing no, from left uh, to, from right to left. There. <laughs> um. Well, I was just going to sort of plug. I've just put a little video up on my Gaz Williams YouTube channel um, where um, I, a friend of mine who's a drummer, he came over uh, and uh, we did a little jam using the RD8 and I was playing some bass. Um, but the reason why I was mentioning that, apart from the blatant plug, was though uh, was to do with the kind of hands-on thing. And although there's not an awful lot of manipulation of the RD8, the fact is that you can just reach over. And, and, Chris, and Chris does that. He's sort of, uh, he's scratching, he's using a, a little record deck, which he's scratching, and he's sort of simultaneously then manipulating the, the RD8. And, um, and it's that sort of thing, really, about being able to have... Um, the immediacy and the, the the fun that that is and and i something i'm i'm going to be doing a whole bunch of videos which are exploring um just just multi people user sort of jamming kind of situations and uh you know and it's something that i've kind of banged on about for years really with computers is just how it's um taken away the the, the democracy of uh music making you know that the, that the, uh, mouser, the point of creation right yeah perhaps, at the yeah. point of creation that the mouser has way too much control and yes you can break out loads of controllers to a single computer so it's not you know it, it, that in itself is you can get around it but um these devices like for instance with the rd8 something that's really nice about it is you you know you, you alluded to the, the the physical presence of the 808 but the rd8 is a big old thing yeah, it's big that's that, true but <laughs> but being big does give it something which um i think in the in the heat of the moment like in a jam you know the the mindset of just being able just to just reach and grab something instantly you know and just be able to um navigate the 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 field of knobs and just go straight into it and you know and it's not 
uh, so something to be said for sort of like larger formats. And yeah, um, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's I totally agree because the the sled is like the sledge. When I reviewed the sledge, mm. it was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. There's yeah. so much space between everything. You could just kind of reach in. You're not going to knock a knob by it. You kind of know where it is. There's room for yeah. the labels. I mean, it's it's yeah. very it's quite a decadent control surface, but it 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 really does. It, it makes you it makes the synth feel perhaps perhaps better than it is, even though what it makes up in control, it, you know, it, do you see what I mean? It, it feels more mm -hmm. of a thing because it's got all of that part going on. I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, but I mean, something, um, I think is kind of interesting though, is that with the, with those Behringer rack format, the format, which maybe the first one out was, um, the, the D the, the Behringer D, um, but, like they made that a slightly different format, a little bit narrower, didn't they? And everyone subsequently from the Neutron onwards and the the K2 and the upcoming Pro 1, they're all the same So they'll width. fit in a 90? Um, is, that what the, is that the idea? Because I, I, uh, well, they, well, they, they will fit in Eurorack, won't they? I think. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, I think they do, don't they? I mean, the neutron does. Um, so I guess they would. But 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 also to to fit them into those, you know, um, ways that you can stack them in a nice, uh, yeah, in a nice kind of shape. But I really like with the mod with the other ones how they they're putting all of the connectivity on the right hand side. So yeah, all I think that's genius. Patching, yeah keeps it all I'm a big fan of that well, Mother 32 were the yeah. first ones and the, obviously the original Korgs mm. do that and it, it just makes so much more sense to me it's it's easier yeah. to see what's going on um, yeah. I, I suppose that there is some other good news in the world um, Gaz I'm sure you'll be delighted <laughs> to hear and maybe everybody else uh, we've now yeah. got a headphone socket back on the current iPad model which was announced the big Apple day yesterday I don't care about the <laughs> or anything but I thought, <laughs> I thought you might find that I, I, I don't know um, yeah. I'll come to you Jim are you, are you, you're not an iPad user from a musical point of view but or maybe not as much you were saying yeah not as much i mean I, there's um i guess you use that sampler don't you that app which is brilliant that's, that's sampler. the best yeah sampler, sampler. yeah <clears throat> mm. um yeah i mean that's 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 a fantastic app yeah it, yeah i it kind of um head, I, headphone socket's always a good thing isn't it I just oh think. zero latency monitoring that's just an absolute essential surely i mean it's <laughs> exactly, like yeah, exactly. isn't that the first thing that you would think of really i mean rather than bluetooth delay i mean it just doesn't yeah. make any sense it's a really yeah. i know yo you were talking about bluetooth there was bluetooth on something you said you just can't use it because it's you know it no. doesn't work plus i like i like the sound of unbalanced mini plug connectors <laughs> there's something about it when you no really i mean when you especially especially in a studio where everything is balanced and and you don't use a di you just use pins one and two to connect to uh or one and three rather on on the xlr to connect to to, to the neve or something it sounds huge there's something about it that sounds just with all the interference and everything, there's is all like, those. Is it, is it the impedance iPad and stuff as well? Mismatch, apps. I suppose. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is, and the fact yeah. that it's unbalanced, so it doesn't go kind of, you know, it's it, it's it's a real thing because in order to to make something balanced, you have to basically destroy it and put it back together, and and the way things are basically created or you know, formed is unbalanced. When you have a guitar pickup or a mic, it's unbalanced. And in, in order to reduce um, 
interference, you, you turn it into, into balance, but there's something about the sound, especially in a balanced system. So when I, when I plug stuff to my Neve, which is unbalanced, you can immediately hear the sound. There's, it's a little bit less toppy, but there's and less clear, but there's something about it. it after all, we, we're all about kind of lo-fi and big sound and fat sound and all that, and, and that just does it. That's really uh, interesting. I was actually thinking the other day, mm. I was thinking the other day, I used to have a Fostex X15 um oh, the multi-track yeah 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 when i was yeah in my in my teens and i was actually thinking maybe i should look it up on on ebay because there was something there was something about the sound of these phono you know outputs that you just to run stuff through it in in like in input like record pause and you know just run stuff through it because there's something about that sound that i really miss uh, it's really so, a change. Like yeah, the, the uh, what you need. So, uh, Yoad, I feel that there's an anti-DI. It's a negative DI unit that you're looking for, really, <laughs> which is kind of there's, maybe there's a thing there. There's a product in there somewhere. That's a really interesting idea. Fantastic. Just, um, just a just a quick just a quick note about um, sampler sampler without the e sampler, which is uh, Bristolian actually, isn't it? Sampler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I do think is the greatest all time touch interface for instruments um and uh but sadly i don't think it's had an update since about 2014 and on my ipad pro it just doesn't it, you can't oh. sample into it it doesn't essentially doesn't work oh. and i was really heartbroken however on a on a on, on a answering a jacob hack tweet um a couple of days ago marcus alonso who i have to say had got headhunted by apple and i think he's he's quite high up in the human interface de uh, design part of apple uh which is really telling because you know because like you know as jen was saying a lot of ipad synth apps or whatever uh, the the interface is does leave a lot to be desired but sampler is is the masterpiece of touch interface it really is so it's kind of it's it's interesting that apple had <laughs> snaffled him but in the jacob hack tweet um there was a post from sampler saying something's coming soon so Ooh, we don't know what it is good. that sounds good well you'll we be, I'm, you'll, you'll be hopefully just an update <laughs> well, well, yeah. at the very hopefully, least yeah. at the very least yeah um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, um, where was I going? I've just, I've just seen a, this. Hang on, at the, in the chat room it says, uh, oh no, it doesn't. It's in the YouTube chat room. Massive capital letters. Where has it got Nick patronising Gaz? Sorry, did I? I do beg your pardon if I had done that. that so I'm used to it. Oh well, that's fair enough. It's part of our relationship. I didn't think I had, yeah. but then now I guess that's the nature of pat being patronising, isn't it? You don't realise you don't realise you're doing it. Oh, all right. Uh, okay. Right then. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure how to uh, how to escape from that uh, rather un uh, uh, telling comment. Did you see the, did you did you see the new Dreadbox news, though, Nick? Just no, I didn't. Um, the, it's just, I mean, it, it's it, almost it is, impossible to keep yeah. up with the news. Suddenly. No. Um, it is a Eurorack module, but it is. it does look really interesting. It's a. Uh, it's like a synth voice, but it's, I think, is it eight sine waves? So it looks like it's some sort of addi additive synthesizer-y sort of thing in a module. Um, just, yeah, looks quite, you know, as 
I'm a huge, huge, huge Dreadbox fan, so that was uh, just wanted to squeeze that in because that's quite. I think that's. I Is don't know. That? Maybe when was it in it? Analog monophonic. Okay, mm. frequency uh, yeah. level. Looks oh, so you could basically envelope yeah. all of the and yeah, control all, the all separately with a spring. Yeah. Uh, the spring. Always, that's I'm a sucker for a spring. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. It's mm. almost impossible mm. to keep up with. But yeah, anyway, I um, should, should mm. point out uh, Dread, uh, the, the Knobcon stuff is coming up very soon. Uh, we got a couple of videos out. I think the HydroSip stuff, there's loads more. Jim's done a fantastic job. Thank you very much, Jim. He's got to go back to uh, real life now and stop thinking about synthesizers and start thinking about the day job, I'd imagine. <laughs> it's always difficult. Um, but um, thank you. Yes, like I say, next week, I'm hoping we're going to have a show. Uh, there won't be one the week after because I will literally be somewhere we're over uh, East Asia coming back from Japan. But uh, we will be in Japan where we'll be interviewing a whole bunch of Japanese engineers for Meet the Makers. We're going to get some interesting mm. content, have a tour around their synth museum. There's going to be some great stuff. So do stay tuned. Uh, we'll be posting on all our social media stuff. Thing. Uh, Yoad, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you. And now My I feel pleasure. that we know each other even better because we shared a pint afterwards. <laughs> a pie and a pint, in fact, <laughs> almost. Um, and uh, we're, we've got a great tour of Yoad Studio and some really interesting stuff coming up. But it's just six product mm. releases last week, just no time. So uh, it's coming. Mm. Stay tuned for that. And also, um, Jem, thank you. It's been a, a pleasure having you on. What have you got to get back to now? Have you got to rush back to some impending deadline or are you uh, uh, just... No. <laughs> More Peter Gunn, uh, and I, I see that my emula I see that my backlights just failed. So I'm going to take this to uh, my tech. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That tiny two two row LCD that you can't yeah. without it you can't see anything. Oh, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. Never mind. No, no I'm, I'm. Yeah. It's just more of the same, really. I'm, you know, staying out of trouble. Excellent. Well, back. Yeah, lovely to have you. Well, welcome any time, of course. And, of course, thank Gaz you. Williams, thank you mm. very much for joining us as well, if I could say that in the most yeah. non-patronising way as possible. <laughs> um, can I just say one thing, though, because we did just mention this little mixer. There is something that is kind of really good to mention about it for some people who will be really interested in it, is that it's got, like, noise filtering in it. It's only about 15 quid, so it's a cheap thing, but... It will, so if you power, say, a bunch of Volkers using my Volt's own kind of splitter cable, possibly, there can be quite a bit of noise. This thing kind of, not only does it sort of like do five into one, it also clears up the noise. And it clears up that horrible noise where, that you get on the OP1 of the uh, USB. Oh. So, oh. so you can... Yes, you can kind so of you use know, this that's little what you thing. Need. You need one of those in your centre section mm -hmm. of your leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, is it stereo? It, I haven't it, read the blurb yet. Is it yeah, stereo? Yeah, it's it's stereo. It's five stereo. stereo in... It, yeah, but the output, I should say though, is is very quiet. So you can't just stick a pair of headphones in and sort of do because it's you passive. You do need to sort of yeah. then yeah, yeah, it's passive. So, but I mean, and it really does bring the volume down quite a bit. However, it what comes out there is clean and it gets rid of ground hum, you know, all sorts of nasty stuff. Um, so I wanted to mention that, though, because I think they've done a good job in doing that, because, um, you know, for your pocket operators, Volkers and Boutiques and OP1s and that kind of stuff, I think it's a, it's a, it's a really neat little solution, and it's cheap as well. Excellent. Yeah, well, it, really. thank you very much. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, everybody. <laughs> Folks, uh, don't forget, uh, if you want to enter the competition to win a copy of Neutron 3, we're looking for the hashtag repair mix master. That's one word, no spaces, and the hashtag Neutron 3 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's a Twitter competition. And uh, for that's it for this week. That was Sonic Talk, episode 589.
We'll see you all uh, as soon as. See you, folks. Thanks very much for joining us. Bye now.